You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mr. You, and thank you again for joining us on the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. Wherever you are today and however you're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. And you can download, subscribe our show wherever you enjoy your podcast Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. Thank you for listening, sharing us, and subscribing. Go change the world. But well, once again, it's another His and Hers episode of They Call Me Mr. You. I got the His portion locked down, and as always, my beautiful wife, business partner, and best friend, the Queen, has the Hers portion of this discussion for today. Talk to him, baby. Hi, everyone. Let's get it on. Now, the topic that we're going to talk about today is near and dear to our hearts and perhaps to many of you. We have a circle of friends and, and networking connections of people who, who really believe that generational wealth and financial freedom is really important. It's actually tantamount to living the kind of life that we believe the Bible said we're supposed to be able to live. So with that being said, Somebody may say, you know, money makes the world go around. We've heard that term before. Somebody even says money is the root of all evil. Now, one of those is totally false. Perhaps they're both false. But the reality for many people is that they may live their whole lives and never see wealth with their own eyes and touch it with their own hands. Some are trying to achieve it to the detriment of their families, their physical and mental and emotional well-being and health. Some achieve it and they're still unhappy. Why is wealth important? What does generational limitations and family ties have to do with anything? We're going to talk about it today. So let's kind of jump right into our convo. So we're talking about generational wealth. We're also talking about breaking the cycles of poverty. So that's kind of the, the impetus for what we're going to talk about today. So first question, when you hear the words generational wealth, what comes to mind right away for you? Generational wealth. When I hear that, I think about how it's not just enough for you right now you can pass it on or is some that was passed on to you okay when i hear generational wealth i think about having enough to sustain generations i know biblically we see how someone like abraham who had so much wealth the generation that followed him you know were able to live from that wealth because of what he had. And I think that was really important to this conversation also to how we live our lives because we think about our children and our grandchildren and our children's children and our children's children's children. What can we do to implement that level of success and that level of stability so they don't have to worry about, you know, where the next meal is going to come from. So that's what I think about. But for you, was this idea ever discussed by parents and grandparents, 
teachers in the school? Did you ever hear this term before recently? No. Recently, I heard it and began to um, understand it more and even work on generational wealth. And it made me think about the definition of wealth, you know, when we started doing more for our family and our the generations after us. Um, you think about the definition, it says um, an abundant supply of valuable, valuable materials, possessions, or resources. Okay. And I think back to my family, we had wealth, but in a different area. We had I would say spiritual wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, because my father was a pastor, we spent a lot of time in ministry or church. But I, um, as I grow older, I find out that it's not enough just to have wealth about um, spiritual things because everybody's not spiritual or everybody is not in ministry. We need to learn how to function in the world. So wealth, to me, when I'm start since I've started hearing it. It's more about my life, not just one area. Absolutely. So, did you? Would you say that in your mind, in your up, in your upbringing, in your background, that this was attainable for you, based on what you knew, your belief system, what was around you? Did you? Did you see generational wealth as something you could actually achieve? Did you see it on the on your whiteboard, so to speak, or was it just like not possible? It, in your mind. It's something that wasn't even uh, on the radar. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Every time that I saw an increase with um, the kind of person that my dad was, and he was an entrepreneur, he um, even had a nine to five, and he did ministry. Every time there was extra, we was we gave it to someone, or okay. it was a blessing to someone. And I think that's an awesome thing that... Um, my father did in the way that we grew up. But then um, the more that I learned now, I think it was ignorance um, to some degree um, because we only saw wealth or an abundance in one area, but not learning in all areas. Like when I read the definition about supplies and materials and possessions and resources, we only just had the spiritual. We didn't have the other things. And it takes those other things because how could you build a ministry? How could you build life? How could you have generational wealth? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know a lot of people who may hear topics along this line, that are maybe not so inclined as we are. They may not see things the way we do biblically. The idea of generational wealth is it's a different picture for them. Yeah. They may see it like, you know, the Rockefellers who got generations and generations of people who are just wealthy because, you know, they passed on their wealth, they passed on their fortunes, things like that. But from where we see it, generational wealth is definitely tied to the idea of blessings and cursings. Mm-hmm. I know this not to get too deep with this, but it makes a point here that, you know, and I think Deuteronomy 28, the whole chapter, as a matter of fact, talks about blessing and cursings. And I think that's where I got my understanding of what wealth generationally looks like, because the Lord was saying in those in those passages in, uh, in, in uh, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy that, you know, if you would, you know, not give yourself over to false gods, if you would not, you know, Commune with your enemies and and turn your back on me. If you will, you know, love your neighbors and if you would do these things, you know, you will be blessed. If you decide to go against those things, you will be cursed. You know what I'm saying? And it was like it wasn't like God was putting these things on you, but it was like these are options and choices. And 
in the idea of generational wealth, it, it, it read to me that if we were tied to him who created us and we did all that he instructed us to do and walked in his will, we would be blessed and we'd have more than enough of what we need. And I've seen that over and over again throughout the scriptures. If you don't read the Bible now, I understand, you know, you may be blocking me out right now, but the only point I'm trying to make is that generational wealth, that picture was made for me through the scriptures coming up, like you said, from in Brooklyn, New York, there was no idea or picture of what wealth was besides generational wealth, even wealth period, you know? There was no, it wasn't on the radar for me either. I didn't know what it looked like, how it was possible. Can I accomplish it? If I did, if I went to school and got a good job, I still didn't see myself wealthy. I would just see myself as being stable and having a check and being able to live somewhere. No picture of wealth that I saw on TV with people like the Drummonds on different strokes or something like that. I didn't have no idea. <laughs> be a George Jefferson, you know, yeah, with, with, the, with the laundry business and everything. I mean, that, that was the idea of wealth for me. So I had no idea what it looked like. So pretty awesome. So what do you what do you personally view as important when it comes to building wealth? You know, now that there's a spiritual component to it, we can kind of see that. But what do you think is important in building wealth? What kind of steps should we have to take to do that? I think, first of all, education. Okay. Um, and you understanding who you are and what you want to invest in and how to even teach your family or your children how to even handle what they have or what you have okay. so that you can pass it on. Because if you're no longer active in the everyday or even on this earth, it passes on and there's a statistic that um, the generational wealth won't last for so many years because of the children will squander it if they're mm. not educated or they'll lose it. Okay. So education is, is definitely important. How about the idea of discipline? How would you rate your level of discipline when it comes to being on a journey to generational wealth? How do you view discipline? Is it you know, 10 being the highest or one the lowest or somewhere in between? Well, I think it's um, <laughs> one of the most important things. Okay. Um, because a lot of times growing up, you got what you needed, but then a lot of times you would make allowance and get what you want. Okay. And those allowance that you made for yourself, they wasn't good because we will put off that bill or pay half of it. So that <laughs> so that you can get that thing that you want. Um, the discipline makes all the difference because we have so much, um, whether it's on YouTube or on TV and mm -hmm. stores. And there's so many things that flash before our eyes to say, oh, you'll look better in this and you'll be able to um, do better if you had this, mm -hmm. you know, and. We have to know where we're going, what we want to achieve, and we have to know and educate ourselves because that helps us stay in the guidelines of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, discipline is is key. And I know there's something I talk about a lot. If you follow me anywhere on social media, you hear it at least once a week because it's, it's important. It matters. Everybody's been successful in our life, people that, that we're connected to. They all have the same responses. Everyone to a man says the same thing. Discipline is what causes them to be successful. It's not just their connections, who they know, how much they even read. It's, it's the, their reading, their listening, their networking, and their learning and applying the, the techniques that they're learning. 
It's all about discipline. Those things are, can, they, they can't be understated. And I think today's generation, they seem to not want to do that. To read is a, is a burden to them. To sit down and listen and meditate on some things, it's like it just, it's just it's too much for them to bear. Yeah. I wanted to say um, that word discipline, to me growing up, that was a dirty word. <laughs> you know, um, or a bad word, or you have done something bad if you were disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, God is going to get you if you sin and you be bad, or <laughs> yeah. daddy's going to get you, or, you know. Yeah. Discipline now to me is. It's a valuable tool that you should have in your tool belt. It should be. And I I appreciate the word now. But one time I was afraid of the word. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, for me, I I, I really believe that, you know, you have a goal, you have a dream board and you want to be wealthy and you put up, you know, pictures of fancy cars and mansions and stuff. If you don't change your mind. Well, honestly, there's a saying that if you don't change anything, nothing changes. Right. You know, if you don't change your mind, if you don't change your habits. Right. A really great book that I love to promote is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yes. It's an excellent book on how to develop the kind of habits that leads to towards success. You know, I mean, people watch Netflix and they binge on that and it's like, are you successful? Sitting on the couch eating hot Cheetos is not success. There's some things you got to do in your life that maybe uncomfortable things you don't enjoy doing be around folks that make you uncomfortable because it's not who you're used to. They don't talk like baby and boo boo do, you know, you got to change some things. And it's like, those are the kind of things that we learned over the years. And it's, it's helped us do a lot of what we're doing right now. And our lifestyle change as a result. Yes. So do you, this question. I know people talk about it all the time and the answer is always yes, but I want to hear more about the why, but do you desire to be wealthy? Yes. Why? I say that because, um, I see that so much can change with the wealth because I have to go back to the definition. It's not just the money, but it's the materials and the possession and the resources. You know, um, we have gone through a lot of things, you know, from the pandemic to last year. And I see where not having enough finances, it hindered some things or it prolonged some things. Right. And also um, being able to have enough just to be able to take a break sometime. You know, I hear so many people now say, I'm on my grind and they have five (laughs) jobs and I'm not knocking it because if we don't know, you know, that there is another avenue because we didn't know for so long. Sure, sure. um, That, you know, we spend so much time trying to build something and we um, separate from the people that we love, that one that we want generational things to go through. I mean, go to. We don't be able, we're not able to spend time with them. Yeah, absolutely. We're not able to build that relationship and educate them. They will repeat our habits. Yeah. I mean, I ask you that because most people that I ask that question to, they're going to say yes, obviously. But they have no pathway to get there. They have no idea how it's going to happen. They're just kind of hoping that, you know, it kind of falls out of the clouds, you know, in a big pot full of gold. And it just kind of falls on their lap. But they don't have any real plan for making that happen. You know, but I ask that question because there's so many people, especially believers. And I'm talking to believers today specifically because we have access to the word of God, to the Bible. You know, what we also have access to is the revelation and the understanding of it, the wisdom. But yes. We don't often use that. Right. When you look at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, they talk about 
terms such, such as blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall you know, inherit the earth and, and 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 the kingdom of God is theirs, you know, and, and blessed are the meek and stuff. It's like there's a, a bad theology out there that's still out there today. That having wealth is a bad thing. God doesn't want you to do that. Yes. But he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's a certain kind of humility and a certain kind of posture that God wants. That's what that's what the kingdom of God is made of. He even said to the to the Pharisees uh, at one point in his ministry that, you know, it's better to be like a child, you know, than, you know, to be like, 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 like how you are. The child is easily more able to access the kingdom of heaven because they have a childlike heart. Right. So it, was, it, it didn't mean, you know, walk around in diapers. It means they have a childlike heart. You know, yes. God doesn't want you to be poor. Despite popular belief, Jesus wasn't even poor. Right. He had wealth. That's why he had a treasurer named Judas to take care of all the money. <laughs> so it's like the mindset of just being wealthy. I want to kind of break that. Hopefully help some people out there who are listening that think, you know what? God don't want you to be wealthy. It's not true. Even in Deuteronomy, the Bible says that God gives you the power to get wealth. Yes. Why would he give you the power to get wealth? He didn't want you to have it. So it just, it just it was important to kind of go there. Sorry for the little side note. We had to jump into that though. But what do you say to the believer who believes they're not called to being wealthy and would rather be happy and healthy and have a lot of friends. I'm asking that for a reason because we know a lot of folks in our circles that believe they're called to wealth building, but they don't even have the first brick. Yeah. They call the wealth building, but they haven't taken one step. All they do is the things that they normally do. They attend service. They got a hundred percent attendance. They're there. They serve in certain ministries at their church or at, our church or wherever, you know, and they say, I'm called a wealth building, but there's no building blocks. There's no steps. There's no processes. You know, it's like some people are just happy with just being happy. So, you know what? I'm good. I'm healthy. I got a lot of friends. I do stuff on the weekends, but where does, what do you say to people who say that they are called to be wealthy or called to wealth building, but they're not taking any steps? What do you, How do you feel about that? What do you think? Well, I think it's kind of sad. Um, But then I think about how society draw these pictures or education, you know, school system. We don't have any preparation for these things. Sure, sure. You know, um, and so when we are doing life and we have family and we have children and we get ourselves in this pattern. And you have to really want to break that that cycle or that pattern in your life mm-hmm. in order to take on the discipline, you know, or embrace discipline. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important, especially as um, a person that's a leader or that wants to make a difference in life to even have even an understanding of wealth. I mean, we know everybody is not going to be wealthy. Yeah, everybody absolutely. don't want it. Yeah. But to even understand it so that you can reason in yourself, okay, I don't want that. I want this. You know, um, they might not want the billions of dollars. They want to be a thousandaire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And they might be comfortable with that because I think the... Having wealth, it's a responsibility. Very good. You know, Absolutely. and in that responsibility, you have to learn a bunch of different things. I was reading a book, and um, I forgot which book it was, and the author was saying that by him having money, that wasn't a problem. The problem was 
where to put the money and who to trust to manage some of his money or even use his money. I thought that was wow. That was awesome um what he said because you think about just getting money. I think about a person who wins the lottery. Okay. Or I think about football players who didn't who was not educated in their finances. Mm-hmm. And they um get money and they just go on the spending spree. You know, some of the shows that I've watched um, with finances, they've showed football players who thought they were going to make it, but then um, they wasn't picked in the draft. So now they had all these plans and they first check, they just spend it on their first piece of gold and now they have nothing, but they have a family. Right, right. I know there's a lot of people who believe they call the wealth building <clears throat> Excuse me, and they know that that requires some responsibility. I've talked to them. I know that that's not everybody that feels that way. And there's some people who they want to have wealth, but the idea of 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 influence and serving others sometimes it's not really at the top of their priority list. They want to have it because they, there's some folks that want to have wealth because they had a hard life, yeah, and feel as though they deserve it. They're entitled to it because of all they've been through. And it's, it's almost a, a way of being repaid yeah. for all the suffering they went through. It's, it's not about influencing other, other people. It's not about serving other people and, and helping other people through what, their situations. It's just about kind of, you know, satisfying their own needs. So it's a lot of stuff like that that's common. So I don't take the idea of generational wealth lightly. It, it means something. And I, I think that it's important to the Lord that, that we impact generations. I mean, if, yes. you, if you've re- ever read the Bible in your life at all, and clearly see that he had about generations. Look at the, the book of Numbers. He's all about generations. So-and-so begat so-and-so. He's the son of so-and-so from so-and-so. You know, generations matter to the Lord. So if you have wealth flowing through generations, he, he obviously cares if it's, if it's uh, poverty flowing through generations as well. So obviously he cares about those things. So it should matter to us as well. So we yes. have to look at those things from his viewpoint in a lot of ways too. But but why do you think impacting generations positively matters to the Lord? I mean, just in your personal opinion. Well, I can use um, one example. Um, there was a young lady that went to church with us. and um, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you ever met her. Okay. But um, she was in a women's group that I was a part of. And she had been sick for a long time. And her family decided to live off of her handicap. She got food stamps, welfare, um, all these benefits because of what she was dealing with in her health. Well, God healed her. Okay. I mean, totally. Um, And when the miracle took place in her life, her family wasn't able to support her because they was resting on what she had. So who was there and we being the light in the church and the example and supposed to undergird and cover and all that stuff. That's where she came back to the church where she's been all this time believing for our healing. How can we help them? How can we help the person that is, is in need? What if the person walk away from a lifestyle of crime or whatever, and they come to the church? How are we there to serve them and help them? We're going to just give them um, a plate of food at the church and let them go sleep on the street. Wow. I mean, maybe that's harsh. 
maybe that's um, that's the way I think. I'm, uh, I guess I should say I, I'm sorry. This is, this, this, this is who we are. This is how we see things. But so I think about it. Yeah, I think about I think about even myself. Um, short example. Um, when I was a single person and I wanted a car and I was believing God for this car and got this car. Well, I was going to get this car and immediately I just felt like I shouldn't. And I'm like, well, why shouldn't I? And I just kind of waited. And I said, I would tell people that it was a blessing from God, but how could it be a blessing from God if I can't afford my insurance and my gas? Wow. What does that make my God look like? And a lot of times we do that because we're not educated about Come on, that's good. Not just church, but we're not educated with finances and how to even do life and have the discipline and make the decisions we need to make. That's awesome. I mean, for me, I think generational wealth is a deeper topic. Perhaps we can pick this up again in future episodes because there's so much to talk about this. It's kind of hard to squeeze it onto a matter of minutes, but I can say this much and hopefully everybody can get this part. You know, you see it everywhere. I mean, you can turn on the news and just look at your family makeup. Things such as poverty and dysfunction can be passed down from generation to generation. So you have to have to imagine that if that can be the case and you can see it where you live and where you are, clearly wealth and blessing can be passed down the same way. We've got to just tap into how we do that and who that comes from. So we are excited about, you know, this episode today and talking about this important topic that means something to our family and hopefully to yours. And we look forward to having more talks along the same line. But as we always say, wherever you are today, however you listen to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download and subscribe our show wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and Good Pods. Thank you for listening, sharing us, and subscribing. Go change the world. Enjoy the music. Bye-bye. Coach out. Coach it out, too. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out. <laughs>